1: Focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota.
0: Hello, you are listening to The Weekly Dish, and this is the second helping edition of the podcast. Hi, Steph. Hi, Steph. Okay, so we were talking a little bit earlier, and a lot of people are still doing this January, so kind of healthy challenges. Have you heard of this Cooking 90? Because I wanted to ask you about it.
1: I've heard of it, but now it doesn't, I can't, I'm not familiar. I'm not thinking about it right now. Well, like, you I think meant, it's epicurious, isn't it?
0: Maybe. You mentioned that Allie Kaplan is, um, that you were helping her to cook. Unprocessed foods. And what Cooking 90 is, is that you would, in 30 days, make 90 meals, 90 food uh, entries for yourself that none of them are processed. So you would cook 90 dishes, essentially. Okay. But it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
1: It is epicurious. It's the Cook 90 Challenge, just so in case you're looking for it.
0: And if you look on Instagram and you follow the hashtag Cook 90, a lot of people are doing this.
1: Oh, it says... It's it's 90 so it's cooking 3 meals a day every day for an entire month. So it's yes. not 90 days, it's cooking every day 3 meals a day. Which like I love I cooking. I could not do that cuz my job is to go eat dinner.
0: Yes, but even if it if even if you were just if your job was not to eat dinner or to eat out. Like cooking like cuz if you make porridge let's say for a breakfast item, mm-hmm. you know you're probably every recipe is going to have a couple of servings. So is it that you literally have to cook 3 times a day because i my freezer would be overflowing? You, well, you have to work on
1: your portion control. This is you, <laughs> your freezer issues eight? have nothing other to do than your portion control because you are cooking for 2 people. But think about that like if you i mean sure you
0: can make breakfast. All right, you're going to make an egg. I do. I make breakfast every day. Lunch like what are you going to make? I like, would
1: make I would if i was a salad a sandwich. Yeah. yeah and
0: I would then dinner. That.
1: And then dinner. I mean, like, yeah, this is not that hard. This is not far off, I think, what most weekly dishers do. I just think that we don't we can never do it for I I'm not saying you guys couldn't do it. I'm saying I personally could never do it for exactly think how hard it would be though. It would be really hard. Well, they have a new cookbook called Cook Ninety, the 30 Day Plan for Faster, Healthier, Happier Meals. I don't think necessarily even That it would have to be, like, you could still do your batch cooking on a Sunday.
0: And you could eat your leftovers. Yeah, I
1: think cooking, if you batch cooked on a Sunday, you could definitely, like, have chili on a Wednesday because you made it on Sunday. Right, right. That that would probably count. Um, But they do have, like, they have a whole starter guide on the Epicurious website, um, you know, in terms of just helping you get, you know, into the, into like, into, like, the vein of it all. Um, But they're talking about how it's a healthier, smarter, and happier cook. It's really a
0: smart marketing gimmick on their part to try to get people more interested in cooking again.
1: Oh, and they do talk about that it is getting into the habit of meal planning and you, and learning to batch cooking. So they are very much, that's a huge part of this, which is, of course, the way that we've all learned is the easiest way to be a cook in the busy world.
0: And you, like, I mean, you're cooking for you and one other person primarily now, but in the day, like oh, yeah. you cooked for a big family so can you just walk me through, like, let's just say most of your kids were uh, age 14 and below. Like, what was a weekly meal planning like at your house? Uh, Like, did you cook every meal? No,
1: I don't think that's, I, again, this is the thing is like, I don't, I we are restaurant people too. I mean, you can't really count that because we enjoy going to restaurants right. like, as much as that is. Would you go out with the family? All the time. We Mm -hmm. would always... In fact, we used to go to Pittsburgh Blue in uh, Maple Grove once a week. Yep. And that was a lot of... Because my ex-husband had, you know, partly some business associations with that. But again, because we are restaurant people, you know, we don't feel that, like, you know, it's... We don't do the thing where you sit... We don't go through McDonald's drive through. Like, that's the part of it that we don't do. And we don't go like, oh, well, I don't know. Let's just eat these frozen burritos. You know? We would rather do things that are intentional and whether that's cooking or in a restaurant. Yeah. And so for me, I don't, I I believe in the cook 90, the idea of it. I believe that I I think I cook more than I eat out and I eat out for a living. So think about that. Um, But it's also, I eat out
0: more than I cook. Do you? Yeah. And I love cooking.
1: It's just, it's I mean, when I consider about, I consider that I, I don't ever cook myself. I guess, I guess I don't. I don't also eat three meals a day, you guys. I don't either. And that is a weird thought. I eat breakfast because I make my kid breakfast. I eat, um, I if I eat a lunch, it might be a salad that I grab from Green and the Grain in the same building, or it may be like an orange and some almonds that I grab, you know, that I have on hand. Yep. Um, and then I eat maybe, sometimes I have to eat two dinners, you know, or sometimes I have to go to happy hour and have a snack thing and then have a dinner dinner. And so it's like, I don't eat, like, I don't eat in any sort of way that fits into a lot of these models.
0: I am basically down to one meal a day. Yeah. Pretty much. What was funny is uh, this last week, I, you know, I traveled and whenever I'm in a plane, I always feel like I am getting exposed to all these germs and I'm fighting off getting sick after a a flight, which is usual. I felt like... One day this week, I, it was Tuesday. I flew on Saturday. On Tuesday, I was fine until about one o'clock. And then I just felt like so low. Oh. And I just felt like, oh, I don't feel right. And I was supposed to do some broadcast stuff and I canceled everything and just went home. And all I wanted to eat was carbohydrates. Like yeah. literally, I ate a gigantic thing of popcorn. I ate a gigantic thing of risotto. I was like mainlining carbohydrates. It was weird how much I wanted them and greens. That was the other thing. Huh. And that was like three days of that. Yeah, and then I'm feeling better now, so I almost feel like somehow my body needed yeah. like oh, I, that absolutely. for whatever reason, and right. then
1: I don't know. I feel like I and I get it because even Cooking Ninety says like in their little intro piece they're about they're about saving cooking. They're like because cooking is dying, and I don't know if I I do understand that that the way that uh, it may have been perceived of home cooking in the past versus the cooking in the future, but. I also don't feel that you can call something dying. I think it's evolving. Yeah, and And like meal kits, that's not dead. That's not dead. And I think that there's different ways. And I think that we as a population are in a very interesting place where we're evolving along with technology, and it's happening fast. And that causes people to have fears of loss of things, but they're not really looking at the things that they're gaining. And there's so much more that we do now and know now. Um, And the way that we cook and the way that there are people who are making businesses based on, you know on on counseling people on their nutrition and cooking mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And it's changing people's lives. But I don't think it's... I think that you have to also then just change the way you see how you eat. And I think that that's allowable. And it's hard when someone's like, do this into this format, and you will be happier and healthier. And again, that's so subjective.
0: Can I bring up something that's an uncomfortable conversation for me? And I've been thinking about it a lot. And okay. you're going to just like, oh. So... You know, we talk, you and I, and I believe in healthy eating. I believe that you can really change your life based on what you eat. I believe food is medicine. I believe food is health. And I have a really complicated relationship with alcohol because a lot of the people in my family are addicts. My mom was a recovering alcoholic, and I never really drank until I was probably... I don't know, like, in my 20s. I didn't really drink in high school. I had a sister that was killed in a drunk driving accident, and that really made an impression on me. And as I was thinking about, like, talking with my daughter, we're, I'm trying to, you know, figure out for her, she's trying to figure out how to eat healthier, and a 20-something, you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of cooking utensils, like, how can you do that? And I was asking her about drinking, and she's like, well, I really, you know, I don't drink that much, Mom. I just don't, and... So we were talking about that, and it's like it's so easy for me to talk with her about, like, you should eat this, you should be doing this for your healthy eating, yet alcohol, not in moderation, and I don't know if I'm a moderate drinker. I don't think I am because I go out a lot and I drink a lot. It feels like, wow, it's so easy for me to talk about, like, health, 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 but then alcohol, like, we don't really keep it in that same category of health because, like, having a glass of wine every day is that moderate and healthy, Probably is having, you know, a cocktail at six o'clock and then going into your dinner and having like two glasses of wine with your dinner that you're cooking or making. Is that healthy? I've just really been thinking about it and feeling like, wow. And if you go to the doctor and the doctor asks you, like, if you drink a lot, I think it's five to eight drinks a week is a heavy drinker.
1: Oh, like,
0: sorry, I'm times two at the minimum.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and then I, like, feel – I was asking a girlfriend. She's like, oh, yeah, everybody drinks that much that you do. But I don't know if they do. No, I don't think everybody does. I don't. I think that there's – And do you think about – when you think about, like, your healthy eating or, like, trying to be moderate, does alcohol also play into your thoughts about moderation?
1: Um, I police myself better than you would think. I think I police myself better than most even people know because I talk a lot about it. This came up because my mother – was like, "Uh, you're sounding a little boozy on the radio." Cuz I'm always she did. Oh yeah, she's like, "You sound like you're a little bit of a losh." And I was like, "You know, it's it's part of my excitement and I'm communicating things."
0: And and part of that is That's and- funny that your mom observed that cuz I feel well, like that sometimes too. Like I feel like we talk about it all the time. Yeah.
1: But it's also, I mean, I talk about I can talk about steaks. I haven't maybe had a steak in like uh, maybe since Christmas. But I can talk about steaks. So a lot of it has to do with our personas. And our place in the media where we're sharing information and I'm talking about whiskey. And Lord knows, love all of you. Every time there's like a whiskey funny thing on the on the Facebooks, I get tagged <laughs> 175 times. <laughs> that whiskey jam that y'all tagged me on, loved it. Like that's hysterical. But yep. that's because you know I love whiskey and then that get plays into your persona. And so then that's why I am saying like, Mom, I don't actually drink that much. But I, I make it. See- I, it seems like I do because I'm always talking about it. Well, and it. you do have like 500 bottles of liquor at your house. Because- it is. But think about that. I have them there because I'm not drinking them. Yeah, probably. Like the idea is, like if I if I was a the full on, fully fledged boozer hound that I that people think I am, there would be zero bottles there because I would have drunk them all.
0: My sister was aghast when I, like, said that I'd spent $500 at Certix. Like, she was aghast.
1: And I was like, really? But, I mean, if you think about that, that wasn't just for you. No, we were doing, I mean, it was
0: basically Thanksgiving to New Year's, and we had three Christmases in between, two parties. That was a stock-up. I don't
1: find that to be a problem. at all. So what I would get down to is the fact of I don't police myself. I don't think of it as healthy or non-healthy. I think of it as a part of my life. I don't think of things as healthy or non-healthy. I don't think of the things as healthy or non-healthy. I think of me as healthy or non-healthy. How am I feeling? How am I doing? Where am I? If I have had a couple of if I've had a couple of rip snort nights, you know in a row, yep. maybe for media things or for people's birthdays, I'm not healthy. I don't feel good. It's not necessarily about it wasn't the booze, it was me. And so I don't think about it like that. I think about so then I make the choice to hydrate more cuz I know that I'm needing water. I don't look at the thing. It's never the thing. It's me. But I think that's maybe
0: what makes me different and why I'm concerned about me, <laughs> because like I and and the, like when we sat, we went to a restaurant event and we sat down and there were okay, great. four drinks. There was a lowball drink that was an old fashioned. There was a glass of red wine, a glass of rosé, and there was another like um, sparkling cocktail. All of which were great. Yeah and then we went to the next place and there were four more drinks and then we went to the next place and there were three drinks and i as i was sitting there i was like trying i really wanted to drink the one drink cuz i liked it so much but i was just like wow this is so okay strange
1: and feels so weird but okay so there's two things with this one did you drink those drinks did you drink all the drinks no okay. but i was consciously you were having to stop yourself i was thinking about it you were thinking like, like that I that you were going to drink all those drinks? I was thinking I wanted
0: to because they all tasted so good and the wines were really great and I liked the drinks. But I knew, like, I can't you can't drink four drinks in no. a sitting and then go to the next place. Right. But I was wondering if anyone else is thinking that. And I don't think they were. Well, I think it's my baggage. No, That's no, kind of well, my point.
1: I don't, I mean, I think this is a, this, okay, two things was that we're in this professional setting. This wasn't like we're out. You, I, I feel like you have to separate yourself in these instances. This was a job. We were there as a job. Yes, and it's not like that isn't on you. I'm just saying that it's the same thing of like if you had 50 plates of pasta in front of you and it was your task to taste all of them, you would never finish each plate. You would take a bite of each one.
0: You're right, and so that and I wouldn't be thinking twice about that. I had 50 plates of pasta in front of me. I would know I'm not going to eat 50 plates of pasta.
1: So I would say that don't worry too much about what your process was there because. So I think that's
0: what I'm saying, and. You're helping me here because yeah. what I have attached is a lot of shame and judgment. Yeah,
1: you should stop that. And It's you. Yeah. Just hold on to you and know what you know. And you know that and put the in, the moments of those drinks was like, well, I'm only going to have a sip of those. And that's what they're there. They're not there so that you can and should drink all of them. And if you had wanted to, that's still OK, too, because they were tasty beverages.
0: Yeah, the that's one That's the was. part of
1: you that makes food important to you and drinks and, and tasting. And so there's that piece of that. But it's not... There's nothing about, like, because you thought about it makes you bad or because you because you like them, it makes you bad. It yeah. doesn't even make anything. It's just, you know, that, again, and, and that is a situation that's not normal. You were in a situation where there were four drinks set in front of you at the get-go, and then you had to move on to the next one, and there were four drinks right there. We got through that evening, and I went longer than you did, and I was not even buzzed after four spaces and sampling all these drinks because basically I took, I, wasn't a sip. Either.
0: I took a sip out of each one. I wasn't either. That's so funny you say that. But then I was like, well, was it because I was so like trying to be so consciously good about it? I don't know. I just have a fraught relationship with alcohol. You do. And I, and I, and I, it's, I know it's because of my family history. think
1: about it. I'm not saying it's not. I guess I just think that maybe if you, you know, maybe if you think more about the person you are in the moment that you're having the drink. Instead of the drinks themselves. So if you're having a good time and you're feeling with your friends and you have a you're having a bottle of wine. And right. It's, it's more about where are you? Are you still feeling good? Do you you know, is it is it is it another glass? Is it is it another? Are you just going to let go? You know, where are you in the evening? And less about like, how many did I have and what did I have? And is there more coming and all that kind of
0: stuff? And it is interesting. Like, I don't know if you talk to like your mom friends, but like when we really sit and talk realistically about. This subject Because I've asked my friends, like, well, how much do you drink in a week, like on a weeknight? I I am surprised how much people drink. Really? Yes. I know I do because, again, it's our business and it's what we do. But I always think everybody else is drinking a lot less, but they're not. Like, I am always surprised at how much my friends are drinking at home. It's not unusual for many of my friends to have a bottle of wine a night with their husband.
1: Yeah. But I mean, yeah. And, and then that's
0: five glasses. So between the two of you, let's just say you're that's two and a half. Yeah, I don't drink two and a half drinks a night. So, but I would go to an event where there'd be five pairings, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, you know, and I want to have all the pairings.
1: I also think there's something about the way that you're drinking, and and not in terms of. Cause I used to think when. Whenever they said, you remember in high school, where in the, in the, they told you that if you drink alone, that's a sign you're an alcoholic. Completely. And, and I, I, I always think about that. that, Stephanie. I do. Well, I'm alone a lot. <laughs> if I'm alone and I have a glass of wine, yeah. that tape plays in my head. Yeah, it's from high school. It's from the 80s yes. when they were like, if you drink alone, you're You an have al- a problem. You have a problem. And I'm like, what if I don't have anyone to drink with? And it's more of the fact of, but that's like saying that you are drinking. There is something so much more to that in terms of are you using it to cope? That's what that's about. Are you by yourself and you, you know, it's a part of like a coping thing. And that's a whole other thing from if I'm cooking dinner for my kid and I'm having a glass of wine. And don't you feel like sometimes
0: drinking is a habit too? Like you're oh, making for sure. dinner, oh, you're sure. going to cook and it's like, oh, there's the wine and yeah. you have a glass of wine. Like I, sometimes for sure. I'm like, why am I even having this glass of wine? Do I, do I really want it or is it oh. just a habit?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a habit for me of pouring myself a glass of wine totally. while I'm cooking but that is also part of the pleasure principle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's, that makes, and that's part of like, and I never get to the point where I can't finish cooking because I'm totally blasted,
0: but. And when we're in like, when I'm traveling and I'm in, you know, Italy or I'm in Croatia or I'm in Montreal and I'm with family or friends or whatever, I I mean, you are drinking or being presented wine when you're in those communities at lunch, at dinner, yeah. at happy hour, like they drink a lot in those cultures in yeah. those communities and it's and it's wine mostly
1: yeah and again it's definitely part of a meal and it's part of a hospitality piece mm-hmm. and it's definitely it's a it's it's another product that's the other thing is that i think there's this idea that especially wine which is just a food product basically that it is um we assign a lot of ideas behind drinking and that comes from i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's held back because it's made to be so evil to kids so that they don't drink. And I'm not saying that they should. I'm just saying that, you know, we have a lot of discussions. We just, it's a presence in my house. I don't think, you know, my 15 year old doesn't have any, he said to me, I really don't, there's nothing I care to drink.
0: It's funny because I, my daughter's 20 now. And at one point we had everything locked. We were militant about it. I mean, I had a lockbox. We were just, we were those parents that locked everything away. And talking to her as a twenty-year-old, she's like, "Yeah, I knew how to get in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, like. And
0: sometimes we did, and most of the times we didn't. Cause more of the time that you just don't care.
1: Yeah, I guess I was always. And I'm not saying this is everybody's truth. I'm just saying for me, the reality was I grew up with a German, you know, European mother who I had wine when I was eight years old. Yeah. you know what I mean. And it was ever, and it wasn't like I was drinking it every day, but I definitely got like, you know, a wine for, like at my birthday, and it was just kind of a thing that was special, but not hidden and evil or seductive or anything else. It just was part of our daily lives. And I've made the same decision with my kids and I don't feel like any of them kind of have gone into any sort of dangerous place with it.
0: Well, and I, because alcoholism tends to run in families and it tends to be genetic in nature, in my belief, like I was so militant with my kid about drugs and alcohol and turns out she doesn't drink very much. She does like pot. I, she'll, she'll talk about, and she knows all the strains and everything else. But she equates sort of uh pot with, like, having a glass of wine, which is sort of unusual in my... A lot of
1: people do that now.
0: And I'm yes. in the Nancy Reagan camp still. I'm having a hard time with it, and I'm working through it. But that, you know, Nancy Reagan said, just say no to drugs, and I did, and therefore that was it. And drugs are bad. <laughs> Period. Yeah, I have a harder...
1: You know. I have a different, I have a whole complicated issue with it that it involves. And that's why I say, when I say all this stuff about wine and alcohol and the way that I drink and the way that I understand, I understand that this is not, I'm not saying this is what everybody experiences. And I'm not, because there a lot of people have a hard, hard time with it and they battle, their kids get caught into bad places. Yep. And so this is not like, I'm not saying this is everybody's. Experience. No, but I like that we're having an honest conversation yeah. about it. But for me, the ideas, and this is the funny part is like for me, there can never be any marijuana in my house ever, ever because I have had kids who have had issues with them and I don't and I don't ever want to I mean that is a that's a lockdown for me and mm-hmm. not and it's easier because it's illegal right now but it's coming where I'm going to have to have other conversations right because it affects people in my family horribly and I it's you know there's a whole correlation with mental illness and the way that pot reacts with it and it's not good <laughs> Everyone says, you know, with anxiety that they think that POTS chills you out. It does not. And at least in my experiences. And so this is where I'm saying, like, we all have different experiences and it's good to learn from each other, whatever, but what other people have gone through. But there there is no like that's my and, and when we boil it down to the essential question you just had of do you factor alcohol as healthy or not healthy into your life? I don't because it's not about that for me. It is about for other people, but it's not about that for me. It's interesting too my
0: stepfather who's still a drug and alcohol counselor. He said um for many like some people can drink one day a week and be alcoholics. Yeah. Other people can drink every single day of the week and not be an alcoholic. Really Stephanie, he said it's about your choices and the consequences that your drinking has on your life and your choices. Yeah. And some people are binge drinkers. Some people just don't like the way that it makes them feel and the way they operate their life and they stop. So it's it's interesting that it's not a quantity. Yeah. And we have there are plenty of people in the world that smoke pot. There just are. Yeah. There are people that are gonna smoke pot and have trouble with it. There are people that are gonna drink alcohol and have trouble with it. But it's just it's interesting the shame and the guilt and the way we've grown up with some of this stuff and how do you rationalize it or like as I'm sitting there thinking about cooking, you know, and eating healthy. Well, it didn't even occur to me. And and that's not true because I literally don't drink two nights a week because I also do the fasting thing. So that's been part of what I've liked about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like two days of just taking a break. It's kind of imposed on myself and it feels good to just like clean out. Um, but anyway, I just was interested if I didn't mean to get all heavy about this, but No,
1: I mean it's that's kinda what we do is when we have the time to spin <laughs> off this. These is are what, our second have,
0: helpings conversations.
1: We have we have dug into your anxiety with deli meat. We have <laughs> we have dug into our family issues with chemicals. We have lots of things oh. to talk about that maybe can't go on air. No, maybe <laughs> we only we have 10-second start... segments on air, so that you don't have time to unwrap, and that's what we've done.
0: Okay. And what's funny about this, <laughs> just so you know, where our brain is at, in front of us is an article that we were going to start talking about on this podcast, which we'll do another day. We'll do it another the 25 day. Twenty five tools we can't live Ooh. without. So we started out with a theme, we yep. ended up somewhere else. But yep. all right, good talk. Good talk. All right, everybody.